The legal views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute or contain legal advice. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. I'm joined by my co-host, Dave. How's it going, Dave? It's a pleasure to be here with you, Ryan, and a pleasure to be here with all you podcast listeners out there. Ooh, coming out of the box strong, you're in a good mood. You're happy. Happy Dave? Why, why are we happy Dave today? Just Because I'm ha- happy to do the show. Happy to be doing the show, as always. It's a lot of fun. And yeah, yeah, I just I love doing this. Don't you? Me too. Yes. I, you know, I genuinely do. I realized something, and maybe this is obvious, and maybe this is controversial. Maybe the listeners will be like, no. We're entertainers. <laughs> we're entertainers. Yes, you know, we're, we're here, we're doing a show, we put it out there in the world. Mm-hmm. Literally, we could have 7 billion listeners. We could. We could. I'm going to go ahead and just go with you on the premise just to see where you're going with this. I'll right. accept your premise. We okay, have fine. 7 billion All listeners. Right, you know, and, and some of you are out there, it's like, you, you're, you, no, come on, David, be realistic. That's not possible. This show does not have 7 billion listeners. Fine. Not everyone has access to iTunes. I'll grant you that. I'll back it off. We have, you know what? I'll be conservative. 4 billion listeners. There you go. There you go. The show is huge, Ryan. It's a huge, <laughs> it's huge. show. Huge. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is more huger in the history of hugeness, all right? Not even Eugene Levy. Thank you. I hope you're proud of yourself. Oh, I'm very proud of myself. Like I said, we're entertainers. You know, we actually put a show together. We come up with things, man. We're we're like we're entertainers. You, me, Dean Martin, Jerry Lewis. There's almost no Same difference. Same sentence, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, none of us are Italian. Or no, do you have Italian in you? Yeah, a little bit. Oh, so th- th- never mind. We're even more like Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis than I thought. <laughs> so before the show started, speaking of entertainers, yes, uh, you told me that you are not, I mean, even though we've had it for six months, mm-hmm. you're not feeling our theme song anymore. Well, you know, it's it, it's not personal to us. There's no heart. There's no soul. There's nothing that says, a, you know, David and Ryan Productions on it. And that's... That's the new company we're forming, David and Ryan Productions, or maybe David Productions. I'm not sure. We're gonna, well, we're gonna talk about this. <laughs> we'll workshop it. We'll work it. Yeah. So what's your, um, so, admittedly, admittedly, and perhaps I shouldn't even be admitting this, but it's not. It's stock music. You know, it's it's. You know, I didn't. We didn't compose this. You know, we didn't hire John Williams to put this together for us. It's stock music. It's royalty free. So it's. It, I like it. It's got, you know, yeah. we didn't hire one of the 20 guys that was behind Taylor Swift, you know, to when she won her Grammy, you know, 450 people that are behind her. We didn't get any of them. No, we, we didn't get any of them. So. And by the way, it's nice to know that they all collaborated on something that she, it's all hers and no one else took credit for it. Um, <laughs> besides the point. So, you know, yeah, I just, you know, it was just like one day, you know, this morning, it just, it, it came to me in a bolt of inspiration. Just like, you know... A theme song came to you? Yes, or part of it. Okay. It's it's not... I mean, brevity is important here. Sure. So, you know, I, I just have like a little thing. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you want to hear it, if the listeners want to hear it. Um, you, you Wait, you want to perform what you believe should be our new theme song right now on the air? Well, it's a rough cut. Well, what do you think, folks? 
Oh, okay. No, I can't. I can't. I don't even have a mic. I don't. There's no. I don't even have a mic. I don't. I, oh, oh, oh. Okay. Other <laughs> than the one that you're talking, it's silly me. So you do it. All right. So I, I mean, I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie to you. There's a difference between just talking to people and now having to sing. Well, let me see. What, you know what? If you're going to sing, wow. This is. I mean, this is new. I mean, yeah. in the, in the more than decade I've known you, you've never really sang to me. <laughs> so this is going to be fun. Wait. Let me see if we can do a little bit of of studio magic here. Talking to your mic. Hello. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, reverb. Yeah. Now we got a little bit of reverb. Hello. Action. Where are you? Ground control. Oh wait, no. That costs money. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So yeah, you got, you got a little. Oh, yeah. So you know, we're, we're sweetening it up. So let's. So I want. I, I've not heard this. I want to hear your break the business no. theme song. And keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, I am bearing my soul to you. You'd be a real douchebag to criticize it. That's right. The man's making art. Yes. Where's your courage? Exactly, guy. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. <clears throat> wow, this is actually a little. Uh, are, you, me, 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 me. are you nervous? Yes. Uh, John, can I get a G? I can't give you a G. The, okay. the, the piano only does sound effects. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. All right. And that's probably not even the note you want anyway. I, I honestly have no right. idea. Here we go. All right. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to do this. <laughs> Break the business, declaring independence. Music and artistry all in one. Break the business is so much fun. Break the business. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That was a. Uh, I really took it out of me, guys. Thank you. There's yeah. a little bit of Metal Dave sprinkled in there. There's a little bit, you know. I, I, whew, I need a towel, please. John, thanks. All right. They appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I say there's no difference between me and Adele at the Grammys. None. None. All right. <laughs> that was a. Uh, that was big. <laughs> so you, you know, know. I kind of have half a mind to see if maybe I can throw some guitars behind that or something. Maybe we can make a theme song out of that. Maybe we, we should probably do that. Maybe you know we uke it up a bit. We uke, uke it up. We get some uke on there. <laughs> throw um, and you know, or who knows? Maybe we get uh, Mr. Evan from the uh, Honey Honey playlist. Honey playlist. I keep on wanting to say honey, honeydew list or whatever. But honeydew list, no. Yeah, because like honeydew this, honeydew that. No, I can't, no. We, yeah, he's he's pretty good at what he does, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, I don't know. So I, I'm just throwing it out there. I just threw it out there. All right. Oh, well done, Dave. Thanks for sharing that with us. Thank if you, you want to reach out to the Break the Business podcast, you can do so by emailing us at breakthebusiness at gmail You can also rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Um, we definitely appreciate the subscriptions. That's the best way to sort of help us move up in the world on both of those platforms. And that way, whenever you get a new episode, it pops in right in your inbox. You don't have to go looking for it. You don't have to be like, oh, is the episode up now or is it going to be up five minutes from now? I know it's Sunday. Sunday's when it's here, but what time? Just subscribe and it'll be up when it's up. Plus, it's free. And it's free, yeah. Come so you on. get a free subscription so that you get that nice little knowledge of like, oh, I'm getting something for free. Yeah. So just please subscribe. And you follow me on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R. Follow me on Twitter, D-K-A-Y-E-1027. There you go. And above all else, tell a friend. If you like what we're doing around here, you know, tell your friends about us. And, and they, they tell two friends. Yeah. And they tell two friends. It's like a tell two friends, podcasting so Ponzi so scheme. It's great. Right, wow. except we suck at it because we're not making millions of dollars. Yeah, it's an unsuccessful Ponzi scheme. Yeah, we got to work on that. 
A <laughs> um, lot of great stuff today. Great show. All kinds of stuff. Um, we're going to talk about some music business stories right now, but in coming up in later segments, vocal coach extraordinaire Amy Poole will be joining us all the way from the UK. We're going to talk some Grammys, including Dave, who lost his Grammy bet last week, is going to recite an ode to me. Yes, that is true. Now, I did lose. Um, you did in, lose. In, in rather controversial fashion. Um, I think inquiries will be made. And I noticed you also then had a, your own little Grammy pool with um, Evan and Elisa, JC Alex, you know. Which I also won. E- e- yeah, but you also won that running away. And I'm going to. Te- I had a good night. You know, yeah. But, you know, okay, you know, I'm going to tease it. We're going to save that for D Block. It's podcast tease. Some things there's there was some funny business. Are you saying my win over you? It was it was a close it was a close one. We each ran for those of you who are just new to this. Dave and I each randomly drew nominees from each of the four major Grammy categories, and whoever's nominees won the most, uh, the loser would have to recite an ode to the winner, which we're going to do in the D block. Right, yeah, I got one out of four right. Dave got zero out of four right. So yeah, I'm the yeah. winner. Yeah, random, random. Yeah, remember. Random. But you seem to think my victory is tainted. We'll talk about that yep. in the next segment. Uh, I think Dave also wanted to talk. You want to talk about Deadpool, which we've now seen. We've both seen it. No spoilers. No spoilers. Don't worry. We're not idiots. We're not douchebags. We're, We're not, not gonna, those people. Well, how are we going to talk about Deadpool without spoiling it? General ideas. Okay, fair enough. I mean, we could just tell people it's a spoiler alert and have them, you know, skip to the end or whatever. But anyway, we're not there yet. We'll figure it out later. But don't worry, we're not those dickheads that just talk about a movie without giving you a heads up. Yeah, we're the podcast that cares. I, absolutely. So before we get to any of that, and we should do merch, a shirt, break the business, the podcast that cares. I like that. Get on that. Right after I finish making uh, your studio magic theme song, yes. Uh, break the business. It's so much fun. <laughs> and cut me a, a check for my services for the show. It's been it's been twenty five episodes, and this is going to be. And you know, I'm still waiting on that first check. So. Oh no, it's in the mail. Really? You haven't been checking the mailbox, or? Well, I mean, I guess if it's by way of you know <laughs> Nepal, if you want the check to get like you know a steamer trunk from 1895 with the stickers with Egypt. China, Russia. <laughs> it's being delivered Pony Express <laughs> yeah. style. Only because the carrier pigeon, uh, his wing was broken. So mm. before we get to that, a couple interesting music business stories. Uh, first one. First, yeah, I got, yeah, just some, some good tidbits here. This was a busy week for indie music and the music industry. And so a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to try to get through it um, quick, but give it the attention it deserves so we can get to Amy Poole right. and talk Grammys yeah. and all that stuff. And I see the so first thing on the board I see is cyber PR, cyber PR, Ariel Hyatt, a, a noted publicist. She's one of the coolest people. I've quoted her in my book. Um, she's a great PR mind, great publicist has a company called cyber PR. And for those of you artists who are looking for just a nice quick tip out there, um, and how to move your career forward, Ariel Hyatt's got something cool for you. So Dave, you're on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And you and have you ever found that like you just have trouble finding stuff to tweet? Like I got what, I, I what got nothing mean, to, like well just like I got like I want to tweet something but I don't know what the heck to tweet today. I got nothing to talk about. If it moves along your premise, sure. But That's in, yeah, in, in yes real, and Dave. Oh okay fine. Yes Ryan. Well and well, <laughs> it's it's a, it's a problem I have. You know I when I want to tweet something but I, I I got nothing to tweet right now. I got nothing. Of interest to share. Well, Ariel Hyatt came up with something pretty cool for you. She calls it the Cyber PR Content Calendar. And what she basically did was make a curated list of all of the national, international, weird, obscure holidays for every day of the calendar year. 
Um, and you can download this calendar for free. All she wants is your email address. And yeah, she's going to probably send you some stuff about cyber PR, but whatever. Um, but it's a cool thing. And I already downloaded it. It's got like great every day on the calendar has about seven or eight random holidays for that day. Right. And so you can, you know, mention stuff about those holidays on your Twitter feed. Maybe, you know, it's national ukulele day. And so you say happy ukulele day and you play a little ukulele song on your Twitter. Mm -hmm. But basically it's a font of Twitter content that she's given away for free on the cyber PR content calendar. So a look font of Twitter content. You heard me fonts, a word. Is that like your like a fancy way of your highfalutin way of saying it's like she's a fountain of knowledge? Yes, but you can you can also say font. Font's a wow. thing. Using ten dollar words when two dollar words will suffice. That's your problem, Brian. Continue. <laughs> uh, so you y'all can check. Man, you just threw me off my game there. But yeah, that's uh, that's coolest. Check it out. Um, second piece of news uh, involving. You know, nice, interesting little indie artist update. Caleb Johnson. Once was a man named Caleb Johnson. Now with that bit, continue. <laughs> Did, have you just resolved in this A block to be like, I know Ryan's got some music business stories. My job is to throw him off his game as much as no, I can. No, remember, no, call, call back. We're entertainers. <laughs> are you saying my stories aren't entertaining enough? No, they are. But then I add like the little secret sauce that just oh. like punches it up. You are that. You are the punch-up guy. You, yeah. you bring the funny. So anyway, Caleb Johnson, if that name sounds familiar to you, it's because he was the American Idol winner in 2014. I actually liked this guy when he was on Idol. He wasn't your traditional pop star. You know, kind of a big husky dude. Had an awesome voice, like a real rock star kind of meatloafy voice. Uh-huh. And I kind of, when I, when I watched him perform, I was like, this kid's quite a talent. And... So give you a bit of a background on what he's done since he's won Idol. He released his first album called Testify with Interscope Records. It sold 28,000 copies, which if you're an indie artist, that's a pretty good payday. 28,000 copies, you're, you're talking about six figures of revenue. You know, you can live off that, no problem. Um, for a label artist, 28,000 isn't going to cut, you know, you're, you're never going to see a dime of royalties if you sell 28,000 copies because 28,000 copies the rev the royalties from that is not going to recoup all the labels expenses and so he probably made zero dollars from that album so in 2015 johnson splits from interscope records where he was signed mm -hmm. and is now making music on his own um and according to billboard this year johnson is making a new ep through his own label are you ready for this label name day prepare yourself okay big johnson records <laughs> are you kidding i me? kid you not um he is crowdfunding his latest release uh, um, through the platform Pledge Music, Pledge Music, a cool crowdfunding site um, that just allows people to support music and you know new album projects. And you can and uh, with every pledging on this site, you can get different prizes. So pr pledgers onto Caleb Johnson's new recording can get autographed materials. Can even get the opportunity to hang out with him in the recording studio and get lots of other cool kind of goodies. But what this is showing is that Caleb Johnson sort of did the math and he figured it out. He's like, if I'm going to be the kind of artist that sells 28,000 records, a major label's not going to suit me. And when the only thing a major label's offering me is the upfront money to make my album. But I'm famous enough for American Idol that I can get that through a crowdfunding platform. So why don't I just do that right. and sell my 28,000 records and make a decent living right. without a label getting their cut? And so now Big Johnson Records is bored. Well, now, hold on a second, though, because <laughs> this brings yeah, up an he interesting... He got it. This, no, well, duh. I mean, <laughs> he's literally hitting you over the head with it. Um, 
slow burn for you. Wow, he's that was a slow burn. <laughs> um. Anyway, do you at home get it? Okay. Um. Do you do you, okay? Did you go to Marco Island as a kid? I, I'm so excited to see where you're going with this. As a matter of fact, yes, I did go to Marco Island. For for those of you uninitiated, it's an it's a uh, you know city on the west coast of Florida near Naples, Florida. Nice yeah. place, Southwest Florida. The, west. Okay, tip. If you're visiting Florida, I know everyone's like, oh, Miami Beach, and let's go to Miami Beach. The actual best beaches in the state of Florida are on the west coast. I agree. Yeah. Sunset over the water. Oh, oh, the term. Okay, the concept of I thought you meant like there's a town. I'm like well, that's. Seems, yeah, yeah, no, it's like, the wait, west, what, west coast of, of Florida. Yeah, like really, unless you're on the west coast of the United States, it's hard to find a place in the U.S. You're right. Yes, yeah. you get sunset over the Gulf of Mexico. Very nice. Yes, and nice beaches, not too crowded, and also not filled with the insane people in Miami Beach. I'm so excited to see what this has to do with Caleb Johnson. <laughs> Trust me, it, it, it's there. All right, now I'm not, sure we'll the last there. Time, I'm not sure when the last time you went. Do you remember that there was a store there, like a sort of beachwear store called Wings or something else? And they had like, you know, all the bathing suits, towels and all this stuff. Remember, it was like a pretty big store. I think, I think no, it was I, street, I can't say it was that I do. across from the Hilton. I'm sorry. Okay. It was, it was kind of across or should I be yes ending? Oh, totally. Yes. Wings. Know it. Love it. I mean, no, it was like it was in that shopping mall. Um, I think on like, was it South Collier Boulevard? I mean, I used to stay at the Radisson. Yeah, you stayed at the Radisson. I always stayed at the Hilton. The Radisson has since been demolished. Yes, no, no more Radisson. But the Hilton's up there, so I feel like I win. My family wins. <laughs> we chose the good one. Um, <laughs> okay, no, so you probably... It, well, you know what? We're, we're going to pause the recording. We're going to just drive over there real quick. We can do it. Technically, they have no idea. And now we're back. And now we're back. Okay. That's a great... Wow, point. good trip to Marco Island. All right, yeah. Good stuff, right? Anyway... <laughs> Okay, no, but okay, and it's, there was, they had all these shirts and towels, but, and there was this brand called Big Johnson. Okay. Do you, I'm not even sure if you've maybe seen it over here. It's like, it was like this little guy, like a little cartoon little guy, and, and it's very early 90s beach, sort of like artwork with women that are drawn with interesting proportions. Okay, say? yeah, you know, accentuating certain assets. Yes, ha, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and, but it's called Big Johnson. Okay. And that was the line of this sort of surf, you know, swim line. So when you said Big Johnson Records, my honest first thought was, wow, I wonder if he's going to get sued by that company. Is that, is that, is, was that, de- is that the detour you wanted? Dave! It is, excuse me, if someone starts, if you said, Dave, I want to start the Starship Enterprise Records company, you know, I'd have to be like, eh, hold on a second there, slow your roll. You know, you may not want to call it that. Dave, I'm trying to tell a music industry story about a former label artist who's doing some great things as an indie artist, and you excuse me, diverted the discussion no. into a Marco Island clothing story. What is that? I diverted into the fact that he may be infringing on copyright from another company, something you care very near and dear First about. First of all, and you don't want and you want these artists to avoid that mistake. This guy could be doing that. We don't know. If, uh-huh. if I uh, if I you. answer this if I answer this question for you, will you let me get back to music business stories? First of all, it's not copyright; it's trademark. Second of all, no, they're completely different industries. Like you can start a record label and a T-shirt company and have them be the same name because they're different industries. Okay, Ryan. Well, you start Starship Enterprise Records. <laughs> you know, 
and you get back to me and let me know if the good people at Paramount are very that's, reasonable. That's different. That's a that's a bigger mark, so it's going to cover more industries. Like for example, you couldn't start Coca Cola Records because Coca Cola is a very strong mark, and so you you know it has more expanse in different industries. Plus, you know, I'm sick and tired a, of hearing a brand I can't. that strong would give rise to a dilution claim, but. You know, Big John's and T-shirts is... I, I can't believe you've led me into this conversation. I think it's a valid conversation. The answer is no. The T-shirt company is probably not going to be able to sue Big Johnson Records and win. Well, okay. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Anyway, it's cool um, that what Caleb Johnson's doing and um, hopefully it can be inspiring to other artists. And Pledge Music is a great platform to crowdfund your own projects out there. Artists, yeah, just so. don't call something Reebok. <laughs> <laughs> continue okay next story um is a little more serious so i don't know how you're going to be able to derail this but that's probably uh, for the best <laughs> so my twitter feed last night was exploding about kesha and this kesha dr luke litigation right. and we uh, discussed that briefly about a few months ago i think when it was first sort of happening and everything. that's right yes uh, so we're going to revisit this real quick because uh, something big happened in this case to give you some background in 2014 the pop singer kesha and her producer dr luke um, got involved in a lawsuit kesha sued him she was seeking termination of her exclusive recording agreement with dr luke and alleged that dr luke breached the contract and also physically and sexually assaulted her very strong allegations that case is still pending it's uh, being litigated now mm -hmm. and the most recent development is in late 2015 kesha filed for a preliminary injunction to basically allow her to record music outside of dr luke's purview supervision while the case is being litigated so she can't you know under the terms of the contract she can't record for anybody other than dr luke right so she's trying to get a preliminary injunction to let her do that while the case is getting uh, litigated um from the hollywood reporter on february 19th which is yesterday as of this current time we're recording now mm -hmm. a new york judge ruled on the uh preliminary injunction motion and denied it um this was this i mean make no mistake dave this is devastating to kesha's case um the the judge was did not seem even though there hasn't been a formal opinion written this was a, a bench ruling by the judge uh the the statements that the judge made from the court suggested not only that the preliminary injunction case in her view was not strong but also that the complaint as a whole had some problems with it. And it's entirely possible the judge might dismiss the case altogether and make Kesha start over right. again. Well, we should probably tell the people that the whole idea of what we were required to actually grant one of these injunctions in the first place, one of which we were talking about is actually likelihood of success on the merits. Yes. So that's what we're talking about. I just said this could actually really negatively affect her moving forward. The fact that the judge already, given the facts of the complaint in front of her in the four corners— basically said well yeah I, I i don't this does not look strong i don't think if this went to trial yeah. as the likelihood is you will not succeed therefore yeah. we cannot grant yeah. this the judge the judge seemed pretty skeptical i mean and and, and again this isn't to say whether or not you know, we, we're not going to make we're, we're not here to make any judgment as, as to what actually happened no because we also don't have the complaints in front of us right well i mean i mean the complaints around and, oh it's out there oh yeah no it's uh it's it's quite a read it's uh it's pretty salacious um but hmm. what you know, obviously, if 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 what is alleged in the complaint happened, um, you know, it's horrifying. And, you know, Dr. Luke should receive, you know, whatever punishments, you know, just the, the most you know horrible punishments you can imagine. Um, but that that being said, what the judge was saying is that, you know, she thought the evidence wasn't, you know, where it could have been. And moreover, and this is the other thing you have to prove with the preliminary injunction is you have to be able to prove that there's irreparable harm. Um, that 
And so what Mark Garagos, Kesha's lawyer, alleged is that, yes, there's irreparable harm. If you don't let Kesha record um, away from Dr. Luke, her career is essentially over because she's not going to record with him. And what the other side, uh, Dr. Luke's lawyers argued was, look, we're letting her record. We're saying that she can record. And Mark Garagos said in response that, you know, that's what he called an elusive promise. You know, he doesn't really mean it. And there's some back and forth on there. But basically what the judge said in this case was, you know, he's saying, Kesha, he's saying you can record without him. You know, that's so I don't see where your case is. As, and so basically again, as we said, this is devastating to Kesha because not only that, the judge also hinted that there might be a granting on Dr. Luke's motion to dismiss, which means Kesha might have to start the whole litigation over. Well, it depends. Dismissing with, with or without prejudice. With, that's, that's, uh, without prejudice. Okay, well, that's, she, that's yeah, a good thing. She then. gets to reamend and, and refile, but again, like, you know, we're a year and a half into this case. Does that mean we're going to have to do another year and a half of it? Like, that's that's tough. Yeah, but you and I know sometimes these things happen and these things stick around for a while. And there is the motion practice at the very beginning. You can go through a number of amended complaints. Mm-hmm. And it's it's amazing how long something will, will stick around after you look at the, the original dates of the supposed injuries and the acts like, wait, what? Now, just now, this is now finally starting to get out of that phase? It happens, folks. It's yeah. it's not a perfect system by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> no. Um, but uh, it, it is what it is. So it's. I mean, it's it's what I I tell this to clients all the time. There are no winners in litigation. There's the party that loses, and there's the party that loses a little less. Right. But everybody loses in litigation. It's it's a it's burdensome, and um, a lot of people are very upset about the judge's ruling. Uh, many famous artists, including Lady Gaga, I think Selena Gomez, and some other folks have come out on Twitter uh, vigorously defending Kesha. A lot of music fans are upset about this, saying, how can you force her to work with her rapist? And it's just, you know, it's it's a very it's a very crazy climate right now. And again, you know, it's not really our place to render judgment on this. We don't have, we, you know, we don't know what went on there, nor do we, nor are we as informed of the facts of the case as say the judge and the litigants are. So here's what I want to say. And this is what I said a few months ago is that this kind of case, this whole Dr. Luke Kesha saga embodies everything that's wrong with the music industry and its reliance on these god-awful exclusive recording agreements. Exclusive recording agreements are just destructive. Um, because let, let's put it this way. Here's the best mm-hmm. way to think of it. Right. Um, whether or not everything that Kesha alleges in the complaint is true, w- regardless of whether Dr. Luke did the things that are alleged in that complaint, what we do know, what we can, what we can say with some level of certainty is that clearly there was a toxic relationship there. Right. It wasn't, they were not the best of friends. It was not harmonious. It was not harmonious. Yeah. And the problem with exclusive recording agreements is... They do not, you know, they say you can record for me and only me. And if you, you know, and if you, you have to, so if things are going badly for the artist, the artist has two choices, either one, continue recording with the person you are having trouble working with, or you're finished in the music business. There are no exit ramps between those two things. And that can be really destructive because that kind of thing forces two people to work together long after they should be working together. And those things can often escalate into what we saw in the complaint. Right. Yeah. I mean, hey, that we know it. it's it's life. Relationships will just sometimes change and end. And even though you have a contractual relationship, uh, it can end. Right. It can end. But every yeah. <laughs> other business relationship that exists under the sun 
those have ways to allow two people to stop working together. For example, let's say Kesha was Dr. Luke's employee. If things are going bad, Kesha can quit. Dr. Luke can fire her. If Dr. Luke and Kesha were business partners in some kind of joint venture and things were going badly, uh, one of them could move to dissolve the partnership, you know, Mm -hmm. to wind it up. And then each person goes on their way. Heck, if Dr. Luke and Kesha were a married couple, like there's divorce. Like, you know, what? There's divorce, Ryan? Really? <laughs> so like what I'm saying is like even <laughs> even like if an exclusive recording agreement is harder to get out of than marriage. Yeah. That's... Like, you know, that's that must be like there must be something problematic about that relationship. And so what artists should be looking at when they look at this Kesha Dr. Luke saga, one other dimension of this, aside from the facts of the case itself, is artists should be looking at this kind of relationship and really ask yourself, do I want to get into this kind of relationship, whether it's with a producer, whether it's with a record company, whether it's with a manager, something where I only can work with this person or I can't work at all in my livelihood? Yeah. Do you and, have that sort of certainty, you know, yeah. about that? Probably not. It's, yeah. That's very hard to have. I mean, it's, it is, I mean, and so artists, I hope that that aspect of this story is something that shines through and you think about when you decide whether this is the kind of relationship you want to get into. All right, coming up next on the Break the Business podcast, we got vocal coach extraordinaire Amy Poole. And I got to stop myself, Dave, because I can't just go from that really dark discussion into like a bouncy introduction to Amy Poole. This isn't working. It's hard to do that sort of intro tease and everything. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. We should like let like three seconds of silence go through. Okay. And then we'll introduce Amy Poole. We'll let like the stench of this trial, you know, wash away. Okay. All right. Ready? Okay. All right. Three, two. All right, one. Dave. By definition, if you're if you're counting, it's not silence. Like, can you count maybe in your head? Oh, yeah. We can give it a try. Okay. All right. Ready? Now you're humming. Oh. All right. Just, just just pure silence so that the this this so we can just go into the thing, okay? Okay, okay, yeah. I'm, right. I'm ready. I think I got it. Okay. All right. Go. All right, coming up next on the Break the Business podcast, who we got, Big D? Amy Poole. Ryan here from the podcast. Shameless plug time. My new book, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry is now available in paperback and an ebook. The book talks about how you can be your own boss in your music career and take control of your content creation, promotion, distribution, and fundraising. Get your copy on Amazon by searching Break the Business. It's a nice read for musicians and the people who love them. That's Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry. Thanks very much for your support. Welcome back to the Break the Business Podcast. She's an acclaimed voice coach who provides her services to signed and independent artists alike. She gives tons of free advice on her Twitter account, at Singing with Amy, and also provides affordable singing lessons over Skype to vocalists all over the world. You can find out more about her work at her website, singingwithamy.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Amy Poole is on the Break the Business Podcast. Amy, it's great to have you on with us. Oh, thank you so much for the opportunity. This is really exciting. Oh, it's very much our pleasure. This is the first time that we've had a performance coach on the Break the Business podcast. Um, As you know, this is a business podcast, so normally we don't have folks talking about how to improve your performance as a musician. But I can tell you this. We've had a lot of our artist listeners emailing me saying, we'd love to have a performance coach on the show. Help us get somebody who can just help us improve our technique. And frankly, the way I see it, 
Um, you don't get much more business oriented than just how to take care of your voice. Your voice is your most important asset as a vocalist. And so we want to make sure that singers can do that. So thanks for being on with us. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you. Uh, first, a little bit about your background. What got you into giving voice lessons over Skype? Uh, well, it's a great question, really. I've been singing all of my life and I've had singing lessons myself, but um, kind of being in college and affording that was really difficult, and especially during my study times. But I didn't want to give up on singing lessons. So I kind of learned myself, just started off through YouTube, watching watching really cool vocal coaches. And then I really got into the actual vocal anatomy. And that just really amazed me, the fact that you could learn yourself and the way the body works. So it started off as a hobby teaching myself. And then I was like, hey, I really enjoy this. And having lessons myself, I know I've been taught things that haven't worked and I've spent money and lost out. And I, I got really frustrated. So that's kind of how it started out. <laughs> that's really cool. And your story is also sort of emblematic of the way a lot of artists in the independent world learn how to do lots of things, which is through YouTube videos and, you know, learning through the internet. I've had artists tell me they've learned how to make music videos, learned how to do studio recording, learned how to book live shows, all through YouTube tutorials. Heck, I learned how to uh, build podcasting equipment from YouTube, and that's how we have this podcast now. So that's, uh, it's so cool that you're able to sort of be self-directed like that and have a cool business. Thank you so much. I mean, what would we do without the internet, really? I um, have no idea. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, I, YouTube has been a platform for me starting out. The, the, the fact that I actually teach lessons through Skype, um, it's building a website. I don't know what I'd do without the internet. I, it, it wouldn't actually be possible for me, especially because I teach from home. So I couldn't just have strangers flying in from around the world just coming into my house. So it's really, <laughs> really amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so let's sort of start from the beginning. Let's, let's do some, let's talk about some basics of just how to get your voice in a good place. If you're a singer, uh, what are okay. some warmups, uh, basic warmups that singers could be doing every day to keep their voices in good shape? All right. Basic, uh, basic warmups for advanced or beginning singers. I'd probably say the hum or doing the lip roll. Now the hum is just a simple, now, the reason that's so great is because it's not strenuous on the voice. Um, we're not opening the lips. We're not singing any vowels or consonants. So it's really gentle to warm up the voice. But also, you can start to think about how you're placing your actual voice. Now, what I mean is we're not going to be straining too much with a hum. So it's going to be light and gentle. Um, now, the lip roll is one of my favorites. Um, that kind of goes like... <laughs> So it's really funny to do and you get, yeah, you get a lot of singers laughing along with that, but <laughs> as you can hear, yeah, because it looks strange, but it works so well because the vocal cords themselves vibrate really slowly. So again, it's perfect for people who are just beginning out and what that particularly helps to do is go through each register so we can blend into the mixed and to the head voice without really overthinking it, so... That's totally why I love the lip roll. That's definitely one of my favorites. I like that. Uh, I, I feel like some of these can work for podcasters, too. Maybe before I do every episode, I should be doing the hum and the lip roll just to you know, get my voice in a good place. Hell yeah. Yeah, you should be doing that all the time. <laughs> is, it, is that about right? Did I... <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. I mean, we could work on the way that the air got compressed towards the lower notes. but <laughs> yeah. And I don't mean that as a criticism. It's just you have to say little things like that to help. 
Well, it would be good. <laughs> well, believe me, there's there's many things about my singing voice you could probably say is criticism. <laughs> um, so, um, and, and speaking of singers making mistakes, uh, you've probably you've encountered lots of singers in the course of giving your lessons. You've probably you know you've watched a, a ton of singers perform on television, and I think one of the difficulties of being a singing teacher like you are is you must see mistakes everywhere, even by the most accomplished vocalists. Uh, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see singers make in their technique? Um, well, I wouldn't like to say mistakes because I'm not a judgmental person, so I don't say, hey, you're doing this wrong, this is terrible. So it's more on actual technique, incorrect technique, okay? Um, <laughs> you're, the, you're so I, much sweeter about this than I am, I like it. <laughs> well, you know, I've, I've been in that position and I don't like people saying, you know, your voice is rubbish, you're singing these notes horribly. And that's why I like to not be too opinionated because everyone has their own style. But that's why I focus on the technique being correct. Um, the most common one I'd say is people pushing their chest voice up. Now, for those people who aren't aware of what the chest voice is, it's basically the register that we speak in. So as we're talking, me and you now, Ryan, we're talking in our chest voice. It rumbles in our chest. Um, and singers want to increase the range of their chest. So, you know, the likes of Beyonce, Jessie J, they sing them top notes and they're so powerful. But it's not possible or healthy to push the chest voice. And we can work on loads of different techniques blending into the mix to strengthen it and make it sound like the chest voice but all in all not only does kind of pushing the chest voice actually hurt <laughs> and sound strenuous it's really unhealthy and bad technique so that's probably the main one so now when you say pushing the che chest voice and you know forgive mm. my uh, you know spectacular ignorance on uh singing technique when you say pushing the chest voice do you mean uh volume or getting into high notes with your chest voice yeah, I, what I mean is people trying to hit them high notes in the chest. Oh. And it usually it's an indication as singers get louder. I can show you an example if you guys just want to step away from the mic, <laughs> oh. step, step away from the speakers for a second. But generally singers go, ah, and you hear how it's strenuous and really it sounded horrible with them high notes. That is <laughs> an indication that you're pushing too far. So in those kind of notes, you kind of want to drift to the head voice. Look at me using terms that I. <laughs> yeah, and that's brilliant. There you go. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, there's a kind of um, an invisible magical register in between that a lot of vocal coaches don't really acknowledge, which is the middle voice. Middle but, voice, okay. Yeah, it's got loads of terms: middle voice, mixed voice, pharyngeal voice. It's basically um, just a kind of a voice in between where you place the air so it means that you can get them top notes and you're not really struggling so it's it's perfect it's amazing and i guess uh, over time as you develop your technique you can more effectively blend into the different voices um, yeah which is like why i said if you keep pushing your chest voice you're just kind of you're gonna just reach a ceiling with your voice and you'll encounter vocal problems singers get vocal nodules from doing that um and also it means you can't push any further you can't get them top notes well, your voice will stop <laughs> it's interesting that you bring up vocal nodules uh there's a lot of there have been a lot of stories recently about uh singers like megan trainer and adele and you know some of the biggest vocal you know most prominent vocalists we know running into those kind of problems whether it's problems with their vocal cords or nodules or things like that and uh I mean, I, granted, I, I don't want you to, you know, take yourself too far into the medical world since I know that you're, you're not a physician. But uh, 
How much of that is usually attributable to a technique that could be improved? I mean, like you said, I wouldn't like to put too much um, <laughs> medical research on that. But I, I would definitely say that, like, pushing the chest voice will increase your chances of getting nodules, but also singing with a really breathy tone. Um, now, I know it's a stylistic choice, but particularly in vocal exercises, I focus on eliminating the breath. Because if we're singing really... Ah, that breathy tone basically means the chords aren't connecting. So oh. that is when the chords will separate and then you'll begin to develop problems such as nodules. Oh. Um, so I want to transition into another aspect of getting your voice where it needs to be, which is the things that you put into your body. Uh, my sister is a vocalist as well, and she's always telling me you you can't, you know, if you, if you want to be a singer, you shouldn't drink this as much. You got to eat this more. You got to eat this less. And so now that I got a, uh, you know, a, a acclaimed vocalist authority here in you, Amy Poole, uh, can you give singers some advice on the kind of foods or drinks that singers should avoid if they want to take good care of their voice or, you know, eat a little less or drink a little more or anything in that area? Yeah, that's, it's really good that you should point on that because what you eat and drink does really affect the voice. After all, you're putting it into your body, it's going through your vocal cords. Um, well, it's, sorry, it's actually touching your vocal cords. But basically, avoiding dairy products will, will definitely help because you have an extra mucus on the vocal cords, which you'll get a kind of muffled tone. So avoid dairy, particularly before singing or the day before singing as well. Um, it's really cool. I like to have an apple before I sing. An apple? Um, yeah, an apple. <laughs> um, that's just because the acid in the apple actually clears away the phlegm. So it just kind of, you know, like if you have um, a yogurt or something and you get that phlegm, that ugh feeling, an apple clears that away. So do that. And I know a lot of singing coaches say drink lots of water, but it's it's really important that you drink so that you're not getting thirsty because if you're reaching the point of being dehydrated then it's kind of already too late so when you're doing a vocal exercise regularly take lots of water don't wait until you're dying for a drink <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think that would be general quick tips for what to eat and drink oh that's great yeah. um so i want to get a little silly here with you and uh and, and you you you, you, okay. you and I do this with little trepidation because you you have to be the nicest vocal or performance coach I've ever come across. You are usually all such a such a grumpy oh, bunch, so nice. but you're so pleasant and so and you and you've said that you you are reluctant to want to critique you know be overly harsh on the on the technique of others. You don't like to use the word mistake, but. Um, you know, so perhaps actually I take that back. This might make you well suited to help uh, help this person out here. So my co-host Dave and I, we freak one of our favorite videos on YouTube is Olympic champion Carl Lewis trying to sing the national anthem before a Chicago Bulls game. And okay. it's uh, and and so I mean, you know, you, you're probably not as experienced with the American national anthem, but you probably know enough about it to know that it's really difficult. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> our, con our country did a terrible job of. If we want, in terms of picking a national anthem that's easy to sing, we absolutely messed that up because this thing is a tough song, and some of the best artists in the world regularly make you know do not do a great job with it. And Carl Lewis, you know, God bless him, he's an amazing Olympic champion, an American hero, not the best singer in the world. So what we're hoping you could do, uh, Amy, since you you are a nice person, is you could gently. <laughs> Listen to Carl Lewis's rendition of the national anthem. We have a few clips of it, 
and give Carl some nice advice on how he could improve his technique. Sound good? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. All right, all right here we go. All right, are we all ready? Here we go. Oh, 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 say can you see? And the rockets, red flag. Uh-oh. I'll make up for it now. For oh, the land of the free. Okay. It's always good in the middle of a song when you know it's not going well, so you tell the crowd, I'll make up for it, I promise. <laughs> uh, yeah, that takes a lot of confidence. Yeah, uh, I think yeah, he, he got a little scared, particularly towards the end of the song when he when his brain knew that that high note was coming, and so he just kind of dropped it all into like a lower, reg- you know, lower uh, key or octave or something. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, what, what, what do you think, Amy? Uh, how did Carl do? Um, well... Usually how my singing lessons work, I focus on what the person did right. Um, and there's a lot of things that he did right there. All right. That's um, good. Start start with good stuff. Yeah. For example, he's got a really powerful voice. Okay. Now, that is something that we could really work with. Um, but what I would like to work on is particularly, as we were saying earlier about pushing the chest voice, it felt like all of his voice, the low and the high notes, had the same tone to them. So I'd work on blending into his head voice a little bit for them high notes but again what i did like about what he did is he he knew he, he kind of gave up a little bit like i'm not going to push for them high notes so he lowered it to his own register now that's good never push the voice so credit to him for doing that good awareness good self-awareness yeah totally um we could work on his vibrato as well a little bit now that's just basically like the shaky bit of his voice oh yeah but I, I could probably put that down to nerves i mean he's singing that he's probably singing it live he's going to be nervous oh sure um, <laughs> uh, yeah and initially like the starting note had it wasn't very clear um he started at like uh you know it took him a while to kind of reach that level so i'd start the note clear because that sets you up right well, so I don't know. If he was with me right now, I'd probably work on quick tips like starting the first note very clear um, and, yeah, working on his higher register. Yeah, maybe don't make the first note 17 seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah. I mean, traditionally in that song, the O is, you know, the O and O say can you see is not, you know, doesn't take up half of the song. You kind of just go right into the next word. But, you know, it's a stylistic choice. I don't want to, I mean, we want to focus on his mm-hmm. technique, not criticize his artistic decisions. Yeah, yeah, totally, because everyone has a different voice, different tastes. You're right. <laughs> oh, thank you for putting up with our nonsense, Amy. That was uh, – I'm going I'm to have Carl Lewis give you a call. It sounds like you could really help him out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you've been such a good sport. Uh, before we let you go, uh, can you tell the folks a little bit more about the services that you provide? Uh, yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, I – I teach through Skype, um, and I teach to singers no matter the age, interest, even where they are in the world. Um, if you're unsigned or signed, you can come to me. I have singers who are verified. I have some singers who literally just do it for a bit of fun because they're bored. <laughs> so <laughs> it's great. It's great to have people of different interests. But generally, what I like to do is I focus on getting the right technique. So if you have a lesson with me, I won't be saying, 
Okay, sing that bit louder. Sing that bit quieter. Um, I won't be affecting your stylistic choice, but I'll genuinely be working on the vocal cords themselves. So a lot of teachers say, take a breath, breathe from the diaphragm. That if I, I mean, if I told you, Ryan, okay, breathe from the diaphragm, you'd be like, what the hell does that mean? That's like saying <laughs> right with the arm. Like, what? It doesn't make sense. So <laughs> I try and simplify everything. Oh. and work on the actual vocal cords themselves. So we'll work on closing the vocal cords, and we'll do that through, through like, the hums, the lip rolls. Oh. I could kind of go on for ages what we'll do, but basically, yeah, I work through Skype with singers. Oh, well, that's that's <laughs> tremendous. It. You can find her lessons at singingwithamy.com. Follow her on Twitter, at singingwithamy. Is there anywhere else people can find you? Uh, yeah, they can find me on YouTube also by typing possibly Singing With Amy or Amy Poole. Oh, there you, uh, there you go. Uh, Amy, thank you so much for being on with us. We'd love to have you on again real soon and maybe give some vocal tips to some other uh, troubled celebrities. <laughs> thank you so much, Ryan. I really appreciate it. It's been really fun. Thank you. Oh, our pleasure. We'll be right back on the Break the Business podcast. Ryan here from the podcast. If you like the show, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. If you want to reach out to us, shoot us an email at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. Our thanks to Amy Poole. Vocal coach extraordinaire for joining us in the previous segment. You can find out more about her services at singingwithamy.com. Dave, you've been making fun of me during the break. Yeah, because, and folks, did you notice this too? This was, did yeah. you The end of our first segment, did you, did you catch what Ryan did where he decided to become someone we don't know? Or he's New York Ryan now? I'm so ashamed of this. It's hilarious. I, I have, uh, my... Nothing has happened on this show that's ever before made me feel ashamed, and I feel ashamed right now, and it's because of this line that I said at the end of the first segment. Uh-huh. Yeah. Artists, I hope that that aspect of the story is something that shines through, and you think about when you decide whether this is the kind of relationship you want to get into. <laughs> Why? Why? Why are you all of a sudden in New York? I don't know what I did at the end there. Wait, yeah. no, here's the shorter one. And you think about when you decide whether this is the kind of relationship you want to get into. Yeah, you want to get. Yeah, <laughs> this is the kind of relationship you want to get into. Artist, you know, do you want to get into? This? I don't know do what that was. I've never done that voice before. That's I didn't even know that I had that character in my repertoire. <laughs> I don't know why I became like 1930s Chicago or New York cop all of a sudden. And you think about when you decide whether this is the kind of relationship you want to get into. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you got a cigar in your mouth and everything. You're almost kind of like music business fat cat, really. That's what you are. You want to tell you, this is something you want to get into. I don't know what that was. I can't, like, Dave, I can't repeat that. Like, I can't do that impression. Right. Like, that that re- impression's not within me. I don't know why it came out for two milliseconds in the last two words of this sentence. And you think about when you decide whether this is the kind of relationship you want to get into. You were in a fugue state. That's what it was. You, you, you're a complete total amnesia of it. You don't know. You became someone else, and now you're just back. But that was hilarious. I, I mean... <laughs> And it was such a serious story. Yeah, it, it, like it, like it literally came out of nowhere. And now, listen, if you want to get into it. Why couldn't I have been 1930s cop during the Caleb Johnson story or the uh, 
cyber PR story. No, I have to do it at the end yeah. of this very yeah. serious, very important yeah. litigation. Caleb Johnson from American Idols is forming Big Johnson Records. <laughs> like, I've been trying over the break to do the voice, and I can't do it. I can only do it here. And you think about when you decide whether this is the kind of relationship you want to get into. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny it's funny every time it, it does not get less funny on each play all right oh god i'm gonna try to move on from that even right, though yeah. that's the most embarrassing moment of my yeah. short-lived broadcasting right. career but we got some stuff in the d block we um <laughs> it's now granted it's a little bit late it's happened uh monday previous february 15th but you know i'm pretty you know i'm pretty sure people now are kind of like okay guys talk about it why aren't you talking about it hello it's it happened monday night so uh, the Florida Panthers beat the Pittsburgh no. Penguins two to one in a shootout. Uh, I was actually Yarmir Yager's 44th birthday. Uh, now he didn't actually score a point. He did. He was minus one on the ice, but uh, I, I, you know, we got to say Al Montoya did come up big. Uh, you know, it, it was, it would have been if, if the game had ended one, nothing just on the strength of Nick Bukestag's goal, it would have been the first one, nothing game in the history of the Panthers and Penguins ever playing each other, but it went to the shootout. Um, it looked like we were going to be in a tough spot. You know, Crosby just got a goal. But you know yeah. what? Bukestad came up, tied it, extended the shootout. And UC Jokinen came through with a big goal. Montoya stopped Phil Kessel and everything. Great stuff. The Panthers got two points. Still uh, ahead in the Atlantic Division. And, um, yep, that's what everyone wanted to talk about from Monday night. You actually, I mean, yeah, the Grammys were Monday night. Oh, and they were. How much of the... <laughs> In reality, how much of the Grammys did you watch versus the Panthers game? Because you're a big Panthers fan. Yes. And they were going on at the same time. And I remember texting you being like, oh, my God, check this out. Something's happening. You know, look at listen to, uh, you know, so-and-so speech or, wow, this crazy thing happened with Adele and a microphone on her piano. And you were watching, but you kept saying, oh, I'm watching the Panthers game. Yager just scored. Actually, as soon as Adele was introduced, I flipped over to the Panthers game. So I didn't even hear or see their performance. So I have no idea what's going on. It, it was a mess. From what has been rumored, uh, one of the pianos that was inside the mic got too close to the piano strings. One of the mics that was inside the pianos, yes. Did I say piano inside the yeah, mic? Yeah, piano and a mic is very hard to do. Well, I've been making a lot of mistakes today. And you think about when you decide whether this is the kind of relationship you want to get into. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, those new pianos and mics... <laughs> Really are the wave of the Dave, future. Audio Dave. Wait, hold on a second. Audio Technica, if you were listening. No, wait, no. Screw Audio Technica. This is our idea. Pianos in mics. Dave, I'm already in a vulnerable state right now we because of have... the get into issue. Okay, so hold on a second. Do we have, are the mics huge? So the person has to go in the mic to play the piano? Or are they really tiny mics and we get to train mice to play the piano? So now, not only are we, you're buying the piano, you're buying the mice, and you have to buy the food for the mice. Ryan, th I love your idea, and I love your enthusiasm, but we, I don't think this is feasible. Nobody rubs salt in a wound like you do. Continuing on. The, the, <laughs> the mic in the piano was too close to the piano strings, and it was causing these weird strumming sounds that, that I, I think was messing with Adele's monitors, and it was hurt. I mean, not only did it sound bad, but like her, she, she got pitchy at times. It's still great. I mean, Adele at 80% is still better than most people in the music industry at 100%. But a lot of people were disappointed in Adele's performance, although most of them blamed the sound guy because Adele is bulletproof. Everybody loves her. Yeah, but poor Jerry over there. Yeah, Jerry and the sound. Well, the funnier one was there were there were some rumors like that the reason why you heard strumming because it was Justin Bieber. Ugh. 
practicing before the uh, his performance or after his performance, and it was picking up on a mic. I don't know why he has to practice anything. All those people do is just, just play and then jump around. Oh, man. I was watching Bieber. I tweeted about this. I saw the ending of that Bieber, Skrillex, whatever the other yeah. person was performance, and it just looked like, ew, this is just a bunch of skeevy dudes, man. <laughs> this is just, it's like Bieber with his weird, like, Teutonic blonde hair uh, dye job or whatever, and just in like Skrillex with his look, his motif, just like, ugh, yeah. get away. I don't know a Skrillex, Diplo, or Bieber personally, obviously, but they were Diplo. dressed. Aren't those like the building blocks for kids? Diplo, <laughs> Duplo? Yeah. <laughs> That's very, very funny. Uh, I wish you were faster on that. Sorry. I got to get a guy from a cruise ship. I get like a 30 year veteran from like a, a mid range tier cruise ship. To come on down here. I'm off my game today, clearly. And yeah. you think about when you decide whether this is the kind of relationship you want to get into. <laughs> um, but they were, I mean, I don't know any of them personally, so I don't know if they're actually like this, but they were all dressed like the sort of person that if you were a dad and your daughter brings the guy home who looks like that, you're not letting him in your house. Oh, no. No. Yeah. Screw those under, guys. Under no circumstances. And I remember... Uh, they were, sh- you know, because you know how, like, when they do, well, before they go to commercial break on the Grammys, they show you what's coming up next and they show performance clips. Uh-huh. And obviously it's live, so they can't show, you know, the actual performance clips. So they show rehearsals, they show rehearsal footage. Uh-huh. And during the rehearsal footage, and I tweeted about this, um, they showed Justin Bieber performing in a Metallica shirt. And all I could think was, oh my God, David's about to take a baseball bat to his television if he sees Justin Bieber oh, the television. in a Metallica shirt. The tele- yeah, the television. Let's go with that. We'll go yeah, with you're that. taking the bat. Yeah, television. That's what I was going to take a baseball yeah, bat to. Yeah. But luckily, you were, he was spared your wrath because he did not wear the shirt during the actual performance. This actually leads to like a, a little quick sidebar, a little side point. People, if you're not a fan of a band, don't wear their shirt as some sort of like fashion choice. Like, <clears throat> pardon me. Don't. That's the stupidest thing in the world. Because I've had the occasion where, not often, where you see like, oh, cool, like you're in a band all your night. And, and then you know, they're like, oh, no, I'm just I'm like, well, then why are you wearing the shirt, jackass? <laughs> the, whole, the whole thing is basically, a, a, it's a badge. It says, I like this. I'm a part of this group. So if you don't, you're basically a liar. It's basically like walking around with a name tag that does not have your name on it. If you, walk, if you start Ryan, so, hi, my name is Billy. And they would go, oh, hey, Billy, how's it going? Oh, no, my name's not Billy. My name's Ryan. Why would you think that? Because you're wearing a name tag. My name's Billy, idiot. Can I, can I make a confession? Yes. This is going to make you really mad, but... Most of the things do. I think... I actually disagree with you. That's... Because... What? like some, Come on. No, because sometimes I've seen, like, like, pictures of fashion models, like, really good-looking women wearing shirts for, like, rock bands that I know, I know they don't listen to and probably couldn't name a single song... But they look good. And sometimes, like, I think, you know, like a band shirt can be a cool fashion statement. No, it's it's it's, it's merch, man. It's you get it for a show because you're a fan of a band. If not, you're just a liar. But don't you like that your favorite bands like are making extra money? Like, even if Bieber might not be a Metallica fan, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But let's say he isn't like James Hetfield's still getting a couple extra bucks from Bieber buying the shirt. Well, first of all, we don't know if he buys anything, you know, if he's just ugh, it's somebody it's bought Bieber. the shirt. And you, but you no, know, no, not all dollars are created equally. The money I give to Metallica is better. Is that right? Yes. Because <laughs> I care. Um, I've, did, got, I've got a Motorhead shirt on, which actually we'll talk about that. See, it looks pretty see, cool. It, yeah, it, it, it looks awesome. But yeah. you're not going to wear this because if you wear this, 
and be like, hey, guys, where's that Sunday afternoon? Isn't this really great? I'll punch you in the face. <laughs> did you see Kendrick Lamar's performance? I did, that was really cool. That was um, I, uh, It's one of the best Grammy performances I've ever seen. And all I could think the whole time was, you remember how ridiculously up in arms, stick up their butts, cable news got over Beyonce's Super Bowl performance. Oh, no, I, 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 you and I are the exact same wavelength that certain groups uh, in in this country, in the yeah. United States, and maybe certain political parties would be looking at that and be like, ooh, they're probably not going to like that. Yeah, right. As, as crazy, like all I could think was, oh, my God, if they got that up in arms over the Super Bowl performance by Beyonce, like they must be losing their minds over what Kendrick Lamar did at the Grammys. I mean, I mean, if they thought Beyonce was too aggressively black, I mean, what what Kendrick Lamar? Did, I mean, he ends the he ends the performance with a map of Africa and the word Compton. I I, I didn't Im- get what he was trying to say. Well, just like you know, the, the, the roots. Oh, oh, you're you're fucking with me. I hate yeah. you. Yeah, come on. I'm off break. my game today. Very- and you think about it when you decide whether <laughs> this is the kind of relationship you want to get into. You know what? I should play that at your wedding. <laughs> just over. <laughs> yeah um but no yeah it, it was definitely really cool it was also cool to uh, uh see um hamilton uh performed live and everything it's funny you know what it's almost like and, and maybe this was a choice by the grammys which was, i don't know or maybe just the music industry doesn't have this problem like it's maybe hollywood seems to you know the whole controversy with the oscars and you know lack of diversity and all that mm-hmm. it was like a whitewashed oscars they don't have that problem in the Grammys. No, they do not. And he said, I'm not sure if that's maybe that was also it's a, con- a partly conscious effort on the part of the the Academy for uh, what's the Academy called for uh, the National Re- Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences, NARIS. NARIS. Yes. Oh, OK. If Neris, um, you learn something new every day. I did not know that. There you go. That's, that's a true fact. All right. Well, so, part of it is I also think that the, Na- the recording academy is more diverse than the movie academy. Right. And, and, and I guess it, it makes sense. But, so you know, I, that's why I thought it was cool. It's like, yeah, you know, this is it's nice. It's diversity of people, you know, making good political points, I think, or making mm-hmm. good societal and cultural points. Some people don't like to be have those things pointed out or thrown in their face, you know, but, you know, hey. Whatever you keep your head in the sand, this is pretty cool music going on over here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but that was good stuff. What I didn't like, and I already just said, you know, so you know, they had a bunch of tributes through the night, and I was thinking, like, okay, where's Lemmy? Because, like, you know, we've talked about. I don't. This is the first time I've watched any of the Grammys in years. Yeah, and I kind of it sort of validated kind of why I don't, just because it's really not doesn't speak to me that's right yeah it's 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 not it's it's mostly pop oriented you know a lot yeah. of traditional mainstream radio you're not going to see a lot of hard rock on there yeah the fact that they invite justin bieber is already just kind of like <laughs> do you see his brother on the red carpet it was like little kid right little kid with like a haircut that would also make it seem like oh no another one here it comes next one on the pipeline yes yeah. i did see that kid yeah. apparently he stole the show he was super adorable i didn't see him this is maybe how they all start out, Ryan. <laughs> and they become horrible pop stars. Yeah. Um, anyway, and I'm thinking like, where's, where's Motorhead? All right, here's David Bowie. Makes sense. Big thing with Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. That was too much. Cut that medley in half. And then, you know, it's a little bit more, it's more palatable. You well, know, it was too frenetic. It was too all over the place. Well, I'll say this about Gaga's performance. I don't. I think the length was okay. Like he's a legend. You know, he should get that much length. But maybe not try to shoehorn like forty-five songs from his catalog oh, no, 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 into no, no. it. Okay, no, that's what I meant. Okay, I cut the act, the number of songs. Keep the yeah length of performance. Yeah, but get rid of some of the tunes. That way, you can explore more of a song 
and it's just not like da, 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 just keep on going back and forth back and forth back and forth and you're like well, okay wait which one is this one oh okay that's that one uh, you know yeah it, exactly it was, just, it was too frenetic you couldn't really appreciate it um it was interesting i thought you know she did a good job i didn't see the big the deal with the whole intel house of gaga thing i'm like okay you projected something on your face yeah it was it it, it didn't seem that much more ambitious than the other grammy performances yes yeah, the lumiere brothers kind of already did projecting on things that's not a big deal lumiere brothers the ones that basically started motion pictures oh very good <laughs> so okay. 19th century humor folks thank you yeah you know it's 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 a tough road if you want to get into you know, if you want to get, in, get, get into that sort of jokes i hate you i know um <laughs> oh, we'll talk about that later too um kind of so but then like so let me there's also you know dave Grohl coming like okay and oh he's talking about lemmy i'm like so finally they're doing right. tribute to and, lemmy and, and, and then now and the way the way he's talking i'm thinking like wait is this it just he's just gonna talk because he's like all right now time to throw to the hollywood vampires you know uh, uh alice cooper joe perry johnny depp which mm-hmm. okay fine i i, I I've, I've heard from musicians especially in the rock community just like from alice cooper that he's actual he's a guitarist. He can he's play, just, yeah. He's not just, hey, I'm Johnny Depp and today I'm gonna decide to perform on the Grammys. It's like, no, he actually plays guitar. Okay, fine. I've never heard him, so I'm not sure about his musicianship. <sighs> <laughs> that performance of the Hollywood Vampires, and you know, Dave Roll mentioned like the whole Sunset Strip, you know, LA, 70s, 80s, and all that. That performance with the way they looked, the way they sounded, with all the fire in the back, the con- I'm not sure if you noticed this, the constant flames. Yeah. To distract the viewer, essentially, it looks like the physical, the physical manifestation of cocaine, heroin, alcohol, sex, and STDs. That's what the performance uh, was. That's literally what it was of the Hollywood vampires. And then they start singing their original song. I'm like, wait, what? They're just singing an original song? Then they go into Ace of Spades. Yeah, so they finally did some Motorhead for you. And it sounded really bad. Yeah. Well, it, oh, definitely Hagen. That was the other, uh, the other guy in there. It did not sound good. It was not good. It, it looked like Alice Cooper. God love the man. It looked like he was reading the lyrics off a prompter. Uh, I've heard that rumor, yes. Because, you know, before he was singing their song, he was moving around and stuff. Then all of a sudden, he kind of just stops moving. <laughs> he's standing in one place now, and he's really looking at you in the camera. And I'm like, well, this seems like an odd performance choice from this man who is known to be you know he's uh, he's an explorer of the stage yeah he he really explores the space ryan (laughs) really explore the space um if for him to all of a sudden just tape himself yeah velcro down to this one spot on the stage and i'm I'm looking like he's reading off a prompter (laughs) and i'm thinking like you know they couldn't get anyone else and so because so me i'm thinking like well I know for a fact Metallica has covered many Motorhead songs and they performed Lemmy. But I'm thinking, and, and I remember even, you know, on the Honey playlist, we, uh, you know, our, um, our little brother uh, show, because the Break the Business podcast was first. Oh, um, goodness. Shots fired, you guys. Um, <laughs> you know, how, like, oh, why wasn't Beyonce there? Like, well, they, she had the Super Bowl. Right. So rehearsals and stuff. And I'm thinking, like, well, why not any Metallica? And I'm like, ah. They performed the night before the Super Bowl. There you go. And they did a full show. Mm-hmm. They actually, did, see, they didn't just do like a little 15 minute little thing. They did a full show. Um, that's why Metallica's better. But they couldn't get anyone. They couldn't get anyone from England, any of those like band, metal bands from like the 70s or 80s. They couldn't get Judas Priest. They couldn't get anyone else. There was no one available. No one was available 
it was except the Hollywood vampires. You know, by right. the way, a rather toothless performance, Ryan. Fine. I think that was a joke that people thought I should get into. Um, <laughs> it hurts every time. We're gonna call- you think about when you decide whether this is the kind of relationship you want to get into. I think that's going to be the title of the episode today. Anyway, <laughs> something you should get into. Um, so I was displeased with what I felt was a half-assed tribute to a hell of a man in music. Um, I guess also there was some even... I guess I mean, it's this Twitter. Like everyone, everyone is always upset with the memoriam. I heard the the Cole family was pretty yeah, upset. Natalie Cole did not. They thought that they sort of gave her short shrift right. in the in memoriam. Yeah, because they, they just showed a clip of her sing, basically singing in memoriam to her, not King Cole, her father. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it was actually it was a Grammy's performance. Uh, she sang a duet with her late father's recording. Right. Yeah, which is pretty cool. And maybe I'm an idiot, but I'm like, oh. Natalie Cole. Oh my god! Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really? That was that was a, that was a fun moment. That oh was, man, that was a fun moment. All oh right, you know what though? Um, I've been been I've been picked on a lot this segment. Yes, but it's time for you to uh, to repay a little wager here. Pay the piper. Yes. So all right. So okay. So we, okay. We kind of teased this in the opening segment. We had this little thing throughout the night, sir. You were texting me. Oh, it's it's gonna be uh, Ronson. Ronson's gonna win. Ours the year. I, I, I you you, th- you said you knew it. You basically had some sort of insider trading information. Some person in the academy got to you. You knew the results of the envelope. You, you deny this that you were texting me. He's gonna win. That not not, not I have a feeling he's gonna win. You say no, no, no. He has won. All right, all right. So I feel like in your rage, you're getting about 14 steps ahead here. So we had our little contest. We were drawing names. Um, and whoever drew the most correct names of the four major categories won our bet. And now you're accusing me that somehow I've cheated because I was texting you a lot of people that I thought were going to win before the, it was announced. And it turned out that I was right. And you're saying that's evidence of me cheating in a contest where we randomly selected winners. No, but the, your texts, though, that evening were such that you had someone on the inside. I had somebody on the inside. No, so these are two separate things. One, yes, I, I I did a very good job. I was in a Grammy pool with some of our friends, and I did very well, and I won. And I, look, and this isn't like this is. I don't know how I'm going to be able to say this without sounding really conceited, but I'm pretty good at picking Grammy winners. It's just it's it's one of those weird, stupid talents I have. But aside from that, David, by the even, way, I, I noticed you're not good at picking them before they get that up there to maybe sign them to a deal and make millions of dollars, idiot. Thanks. Maybe that's something you should look about getting into. <laughs> but okay, let's even okay. Even if we accept your premise that somehow I know somebody on the inside that allows me to pick Grammys correctly, we randomly selected winners out of a cup during our uh, I don't uh, know two that. episodes I ago. I don't know that the winners. You are saw already, me pick it out of the cup. You could have like you know palmed it or something. I don't know. People cheat at cars all the time. And if. And if it and if I was doing that, I did it poorly because I only got one out of four right. The only reason I beat you is because you you picked none of them correctly. Well, for for, for well, because you you wanted it to not look suspicious on our show <laughs> because there are stakes. But with your, your the friend pool with nothing at stake, you went like freaking. You batted almost a thousand. I went nine of twelve. It was pretty. It, it was a good night. I agree. Exactly. See, 
you're, you're kind of like, all right, well, there's going to be TV cameras here, so I can't smash the world record too bad. Other people are going <laughs> to think I'm juicing. But, you know, once you get off, the, you know, the Olympic stage and you're just like in a regional meet that no one gives a shit about, you're, of course, you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to check these steroids. <laughs> Dave, <laughs> Dave, look, it was close. I got one out of four rights. You got zero out of four right. And, you know, we'll do this again for the Oscars and maybe you'll best me there. But until then, you got a bet to repay. So as per our bet, you now need to recite for all of us to hear an ode to me. So about that, because, you know. I'm thinking, all right, well, how do I, you know, I've been busy. How do I do this? Right. And then I'm like, cause you know, I'm not a, I don't write songs. I mean, did I write a song earlier in the show? You did. That was amazing. And probably will be up for a Grammy next year. Yes. (laughs) Also an Oscar. I'm I'm thinking I'm going to EGOT. You're going to EGOT. I want to try to be the Tracy Morgan of the show and EGOT. (laughs) All right. It's good reference. And thank you. And, um, but I'm thinking like, all right, I'm just one man. I'm one man. Who do I know that could help me out? And I found him. Okay. And you I had somebody help you write this ode. He's a little bit late, but you know, I, I I'm hoping that he's going to come soon. I mean, he'd be weird if he just leaves me here hanging with no entrance or anything like that. It'd be kind of a dick move on his part, you know? Oh no. Thank God. All right. No. Come on in. All right. Right, right, I'm here. Oh, not Keith Richards. Oh, Good to see you again, Dave. Oh, all right. Where's the microphone? Where's... Uh, uh, all right, here, here, Keith, here, here we go. Let me, get, let me get you set up. Ryan, you, you want to help out, Ryan? Okay. It's only like one of the, the rock god in our studio. Hi, Keith Richards. It's great to see you again. Uh, all right, all right, you all haven't right. been here in a while, Keith. It's good to have you back. Right, yeah. No, yeah. I, D- Dave was nice enough to give me a call, Ryan. Brian, whatever your name is. <laughs> I think it's Brian, right? It's Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As we said, right? You remember this guy, right? Oh. Uh, kind of. He's your co-host, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It's, oh, Dave, by the way, how's your book doing, mate? Thanks, Keith. I mean, you know. Oh, we're, we're... Keith, I think you have it mixed up. Uh, I'm the one who wrote the book. We actually have a copy of it here You want if you want to look at it. It's got my name on it, thus proving that I'm the one who wrote it. Right. Well, um, I, I'm going to notice you got a typo here. It says here, uh, Ryan, not Brian. So <sighs> you should go probably call these publishers and get them to put the B in front of it. You seem to have trouble with this, Keith, but my name is actually Ryan. You seem Ryan. to have trouble remembering that I'm Keith Richards. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. And what I say goes. You're right. <laughs> Who do you think decided to hire the Hells Angels at Altamont? Me. Wow. Yeah, yeah. nice Altamont reference. Okay. Yeah. I'm a member of Ryan. Brian, whatever your name is. <laughs> You, so, see, you seem to be going back and forth a lot there, Keith. I can change my mind, Steve. Oh, no, I'm Steve. Jason, whatever your name is. <laughs> Lauren. Uh, all right. All so, right. Well, so, so, so Keith Ke- Richards has written the ode? Well, I, you know, I, I gave him some ideas. I had some outlines and everything, and I sort of said, have fun with it, man. You know, if, if you get Keith Richards, Ryan... You're not going to, like, really tell him what to do. You're going to say, hey, man, you go and make some magic. You got to let the creators create. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Keith, what do you got for me, buddy? And for our listeners, because, you know, aside from the whole possibly cheating and getting cahoots with Mark Ronson and Taylor Swift and all these things and Kanye West, what, 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 what do we got? Because apparently this ode had to be delivered. <sighs> Right, yeah. Well, I, uh, by the way, I'm going to help you out there. I know Mark Ronson. 
that goes into some shady stuff, I think. <laughs> Just like everyone I know, but that's beside the point. All right. An ode to Brian. <sighs> there are so many things in this world I hate. Movies that have actors, puppets, or CGI. Ice cream, fudge, cake, and pie. I truly hate long walks on the beach, but I find short walks on the beach to be worse. I hate to ride in trains, cars, and trucks. Better just give me a hearse. <laughs> God. I loathe sports played with a ball, but truly despise sports played with no ball at all. <laughs> I like onions. I despise ketchup on fries, crystal blue eyes, and piano key neckties. I do not like green eggs and ham. Whoops. That's Dr. Seuss, a bloke for which I have no use. <laughs> I resent a singer named Mick. Take it from me, mate. He's a real schmuck. <laughs> oh, People ask me, Keith, do you hate flying? And I always tell them, yes. But I like Brian. Oh, oh, that's 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 very nice, Keith. Thank you. You were, oh, wait, sorry. What? I, I meant I meant the applause. Are you trying to tell me that was a joke, Brian? No, no. I, you I, trying to say my hard work pouring my heart and soul out for Dave here was a breeding joke? Uh, no, no, not at all. I've, I've had a bad broadcast day today. I, I, I said a funny thing in the first segment and I screwed up and yeah. And well, I've, you I've know, been, some, I've been well, I've been messing up ever since. The entertainment business, Ryan. It's something that maybe you got to think about before getting into. <laughs> Keith, I mean that was. It's amazing that you literally knew to say that phrase. That's sometimes I worry if you were in here listening to us the whole time. Oh God! But you know, I, I thank you, Keith. That was really, really good. I like to think it's probably that your some of your best work since Sympathy for the Devil. If I if I may be so bold, now I agree, mate. I agree. That was definitely probably the best thing ever to be written ever. I should say written by me, Keith Richards. Or maybe was it you, Dave? Oh, Keith, come on, man. I, I, I brought you in here to ghostwrite, man. I didn't want you to give me credit. I mean, you know. You wrote Sympathy for the Devil. Oh, no, I was talking about the ode. But, no, no, but Dave also wrote Sympathy for the Devil. Oh. Don't, don't stop him, Dave. You, you, you wrote that. You wrote that back in, what, oh. 1968 or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was, that was a pretty cool day with time travel and everything. But, you know, Keith, we really appreciate you stopping by again and delivering that wonderful poem... That was all about Ryan. That had very little to do with me. Wait, it was an ode to Brian. Or an ode to Ryan. <laughs> an ode is supposed I, to uh, Dave, you know, have like affection Dave, and everything. I, I can't help but feel like you, you, you weaseled out of this bet by having Keith Richards just say a bunch of weird things. And you lost this bet. And, uh, and somehow you still get to be the winner. He, I like Brian. It says it right there. What? That's an ode. That's an ode. Do we want to do this again for the Oscars? Oh, the pool. Yes. I, <laughs> uh, ooh, that could be interesting. Yeah. Uh, do you know what movie is probably not going to be nominated for an Oscar? What? Deadpool. Deadpool. That was a great movie. You saw it. I did. I saw it. I saw it last night. I saw it yesterday afternoon. Um. So I won. <laughs> It, that was a fu that was a legitimately funny movie. I, I enjoyed it 
It's 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 one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen. It's not really a superhero movie, but yeah, if I had to put it in that genre, it was it was good. It was different. It was it was doing something new. I like movies that take risks. And this took a risk and it definitely felt like it works now. Cause I know the whole thing is Ryan Reynolds has been trying to get this project. This has been his pet project, his labor of love. He legitimately loves this comic book, this intellectual property. And he's been trying to get this done for many years. I, I can't I, I, I have to check like an interview. I think it's been going like maybe like 10 years, something like that. It's been a long time. I think it's perfect for now and yeah. for like the temperament now and audiences today. It really works. I think if this came out in like the late nineties, it wouldn't have worked. No, I agree. You know, some, sometimes it, things it needed all the other comic book movie source material to work with. It, it definitely needed that. And you almost, you almost needed people to actually get to that point of this. Is, it's like, okay, it's, we're seeing the formula. And, you know, it's becoming sort of not boring, but just like, okay, all right. Predictable. Predictable. The opening titles. That was funny. That was hilarious. That was funny. That was hilarious. And it was like right. legitimate. And they were being very serious with it, too. I feel like we're walking through a minefield here because we don't want to spoil this movie for everybody. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, I don't think we are. We're, we're, we're not. We're not going to discuss plot points. It's just general ideas. It's just a really amazing piece of work. And. Those are good writers. That yeah, was very well written. <laughs> Those were good writers. Um, um. And just, and I never thought I'd say this, but especially after seeing Green Lantern, <laughs> but I am okay with Ryan Reynolds doing superhero movies again. It's just interesting to see, like, can he, because I forget, I'm, I'm already kind of forgetting. Was this part of the Marvel Studios production? I think this was, I think this was a Fox one. Or no, it wasn't Disney. It was Fox. But yeah, it's it's Marvel. It's got you know X Men in it and stuff. Oh, see, because that's that's uh, not a spoiler. It's in the preview, right? Because see, that was the interesting thing. Remember, that was the whole. That's been kind of the issue people have with like the Fantastic Four and those new Spider Man movies. Yeah, the fact that what those were those Sony or Fox? Spider Man was Sony. Because remember, all these licenses. I think got Fantastic Four up. was Fox after the first X Men movie, which was remember what was that was like back in what ninety nine or something? It was a long time ago. After like. That and Spider-Man sort of proved successful in that late 90s, early 2000s. Studios were buying up all the properties. They were buying up comic books, and they got fractured. So all the like the Marvel properties, they all got sort of torn apart. Yeah. Which is why, in some instances, you never saw certain characters... With certain characters. In, in, with a certain other characters, even though you know, in the comic book world, they're obviously always together. But like, why is it like Spider-Man and the X-Men, there's no ever a reference... Right. Well, because the studios were different and the licensing was different. So, you know, with Marvel Studios, the the Avengers and, you know, Iron Man, all these guys who've been, they've been trying to bring it all under their group to get everything back in. I think I know it was the Amazing Spider-Man. And, uh, you, I can tell you're falling asleep. No, I'm, this is, this I'm, is I'm not listening. Music, what are you this, doing? This is not music business for you now. So now you're starting to just... <laughs> This is something you did not want me to get into. Oh, I hate you. No, man, I, 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 this is your forum. I, I was, so you're saying I was glazed over because it wasn't music business talk? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much more music you want to get. Grammys, Keith Richards is literally here. Okay. He actually, he hasn't even left. He has not said goodbye. That's right. I'm still actually here. Right? I'll, None I'll, of you guys dismissed me. I'll admit, Dave, um, when you started getting into like, get into um when you started getting into the the super like really talking like getting into the weeds on the superhero intellectual property that i did do some glazing you know what i want to write my, my own glazing book. a bit it's going to be called break the business um 
getting into the movie business. Yeah. I'm going to have business before and after the colon. <laughs> That's the sort of rebel I am. Yeah. That's the kind of podcast I'm going to start. Who's with me? Let's walk out of here, folks. In fact, th this is how we're going to end the show. We're walking out. The headphones are off. We're going away. Goodbye. It's been a great episode. We'll see if I'm back next week. I don't know. Uh, I'll see you later, Ryan. All right. Thanks. He, wow, he's actually leaving the studio. Yeah, bye. Thank you all very much for listening to the Break the Business Podcast. We'll see you next week. Bye.